Today's reading comes from the Gospel of Mark. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. So as I said just a couple minutes ago, you know, we have these stories that we tell. And I just got, you know, our family does Christmas, uh, my extended family does Christmas usually over, over New Year's time frame, kind of between Christmas and New Year's because we have way too many pastors in my family, more than any one family should ever have. But we have that. And so we get together then because we all have standing gigs on Christmas Eve. So we, and when we get together, a lot of times we tell these same stories and some of them are hilarious and some of them are um, are moving and, and other things, but they all help us discern, figure out who we are, what's our identity, who we are as family. And so uh, this is one of those stories. Also happens in that spirit, it happens to be a story that I've told in this space before. It happened to be, I think it was Christmas Eve, probably about five or six years ago. So uh, here goes that story that kind of makes me who I am. Uh, and I think it's something that has something to teach us as well. My dad, uh, as I said, we had way too many pastors in my family. My dad was uh, uh, just graduated from seminary, just uh, kind of a newly minted pastor, and he and my, my mom moved up um, to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan for his first congregation, and it was uh, this first tiny little congregation. It was located 30, maybe 40 miles or so north of the boondocks. So if you go way, like, there's the boondocks, and that's where they were, okay? They were out there. And, uh, and that's where they kind of set up shop. And my dad served that congregation for, for five years in his, his first call. And uh, while he was there, it turns out that on Christmas Eve, something had happened every year. He would go and he would lead worship, and then after Christmas services were done, he'd go back to his office, kind of wrap things up, and all of a sudden there would be an envelope on his desk that said, Merry Christmas, Pastor. So he picks it up and he looks inside, $500 cash, which is a significant gift if you've got that today. But in the early 70s, 
you're looking at, that's probably five, maybe six times as worth as much money. So you're looking at a gift that would be the equivalent in today's dollars, like 2500 maybe $3,000, and there it was. And you can't underestimate how important that would be for a young pastor and his family as they're just getting started. My older brother was, was a toddler. I was, uh, was an infant. So that was just a, a huge deal. And because I can see you're, you're wondering about this, uh, my office is through those doors. <laughs> and like you go down the hallway, can't miss it. It's the one that says Dave Berg on the, on the thing. So uh, it's, it, the more you know. And there we go. Um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's, that's, that's, the way that all, that's the way that all worked on Christmas Eve. Now, but also back in those days, my uncle, who was about eight or nine years younger than my mom and dad, had kind of fallen on hard times. He had graduated from high school and was really just, was really just struggling, right? Uh, life, the way I, life kind of in spin cycle, uh, didn't know what came next, had made some poor decisions, and, and just was kind of wondering uh, what tomorrow would bring. So my, my parents said, hey, why don't you come up and move with us 30 or 40 miles north of the boondocks. Come up here with us, and you'll have a change of scenery, a uh, change of routine, and maybe this is what you're needing right now. And he took them up on the offer. So here are my parents in their mid to late 20s, and their 19-year-old little brother comes up to move in with the toddler and an infant. And now it's Christmas Eve. My dad goes back to his office, and this is one of the first Christmas Eves that he served there, and, and there's an envelope, Merry Christmas, Pastor, and there's all this money. So my mom and dad talk, but not for long, and they decide they're going to wrap this up and put it under the tree, give it to my uncle. So Christmas Eve, they're opening up gifts. My uncle opens this up. As soon as he sees the money, he just starts crying. He has just moved, and then he just starts saying, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve, you don't understand. I really, really don't deserve this. And as the story goes, I, I guess my, my dad got up and it went over and looked him right in the eye and said, you're darn right you don't deserve it. <laughs> but you get it anyway. You're darn right you don't deserve it. But you get it anyway. Friends, that's grace. That is, that is what grace looks like. You don't deserve it, but you get it anyway. And when we kind of tune our vision and tune our, our hearing and tune, get in tune with this idea of, of grace, well, then you see it everywhere. It happens all over the place. You see it in this Bible story that we had Today, one of my favorite Bible stories because I think grace is just on full display there. So Jesus is out walking around with his, his disciples, his students, his friends, and they're, the whole entourage is going and they're making their way uh, from one place to another. And this guy comes up to him, he's a rich young man, and he says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? <laughs> and Jesus is like, well, I don't know. Uh, keep, keep the commandments. He goes, did it. Got the t-shirt. I keep the commandments. And Jesus, and it says this in the story, just loves this guy. And he says, okay, but you lack one thing. Go sell all that you've got, give the money away to the poor, and then come and follow me. And this guy 
was crushed. And he just, he, he, he couldn't do that, or he's trying to figure out how that can even happen. And then he goes away, he's just grieving. He has so much stuff, so many possessions. And Jesus just says, ah, oh, how hard it will be for somebody like him to enter the kingdom of God. But the people, the people his friends, his followers, were like, what? If this guy can't do it, this guy was incredible. This guy had the world by the tail. He was rich. He was young. He kept all the commandments. He was faithful. They were like, he, this guy was on a pedestal. And if this guy can't make it into abundant life, if this guy can't make it into your favor, like the rest of us are in big trouble, right? And Jesus, he says, no, no, no. It's impossible for him. It's impossible for everybody. It's impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. This is as if Jesus said, no, his, his question was wrong. His question was just flawed. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to have abundant life? The thing is, you can't do anything. You just get it. You don't do anything for that. You just receive it. I've heard it said that the universe is rigged in your favor. Jesus is saying, all this is already yours. You're not going to do anything for that. You just open yourself up to receiving what is already there. You don't deserve it, but you get it anyways. So we're entering into tomorrow. It officially begins a new season in the church calendar, the season of Epiphany. Now, season of, of Epiphany... Uh, is, a, is a church season. So we have the season of Advent where we light all the candles on the log that we have up here. And then after that's the season of Christmas, which goes for a few weeks. And then we have Epiphany, which I'll talk about in a moment. And after that, eventually you get to Lent, which leads us up to the season of Easter. So we have all of these church seasons that lay out. The season of Epiphany, to me, is the season of the light bulb. It's the light bulb that goes, ding, oh, oh I get that. Or it's the aha moment. It's the, oh, I can't believe I missed that. It's the, I'm standing and looking in the refrigerator for the mayonnaise. And it's just not there. And then your wife comes along and says, it's right here, you idiot. (laughs) Ding. You know, like, oh, I couldn't see it before, but it was there all along. Now I got it, right? That is the season of epiphany. And maybe that light bulb, that moment where we can see that we can experience that, it's clear to us, is this understanding this understanding of grace and what that is and what that means. Because we, it, it needs a light bulb to go off because it is so countercultural to who we are. As a society, are you, are you kidding me? Completely countercultural. We live in a reality that's like, well, you've got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and have a tough upper lip and grit through it, and if it's not going well, you try harder, and then you'll earn the thing. But when it comes to this, when it comes to grace, you can't earn it. You can't buy it. It's not a commodity. It's not on the open market. It's not transactional. It's not rational. It's gift. It's gift. All of it's gift. It's grace. It's, you don't deserve it, but you get it anyway. And when you can open your eyes to seeing how that happens, you start seeing it everywhere. I mean, think about it. This morning, you woke up, you took a breath gift. And then maybe you went over to the sink and there was hot and cold running water and it was clean and 
It's a gift. You got in a car and you came here, or you put on a coat and you walked over here, or however you, but you got here. That, that, that's gift. You're sitting in a room full of people. You are surrounded by community. You are not alone. It's, it's gift. All of it. Crazy thing happened last, last month. My clothes dryer broke. And you know what I did? I called a repair guy. And the repair guy came over. And he fixed the dryer. And then I paid him and he went away. And now I have clean and dry clothes. And that's completely mundane and it's completely normal and it's maybe boring. But that's gift. Have you ever been in a time of crisis when all you wanted was normal? Gift. That's, that's all that is. You don't deserve it. But you get it anyways. And it's all it's all over the place. So as we start this new year, as we start 2020, and by the way, <laughs> can you believe it's 2020? We are absolutely living in the future. But it's 2020, and, and as we live in this new year and live into this new year, maybe there are two things we can keep in mind, okay? One is to keep your eyes and ears and heart open to that gift that's sitting there. It's there. Maybe you never thought of a, of a washer and dryer repairman coming to your house as a, as a gift, but it is. Keep our eyes and ears and hearts open to where that gift is happening. Dare to name it. And then number two, when you look at all these gifts that you've received, how can you wrap that up and give it away? How can you keep that love? How can you keep that grace in circulation? Because we keep receiving it. The whole thing is for us, and the whole thing is for us to receive and then share. Keep that grace in circulation. We don't deserve it, but we get it anyway. And God provides again and again and again, and we continue to live that out and share it.